For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz here on the Believe Podcast Network. And we wanted to close things out uh, this year with, uh, I mean, they always say this in the industry. You, you go to any consultant and you're wondering, uh, why is this guy a consultant? He bombed out at every job that he had in the business, <laughs> which is probably why. And they would say, play the hits, play the hits. So we wanted to really go out on a high note here on uh, After Hours on the Believe Podcast Network. So we brought back one of our favorites by popular demand here and a man that we've been asked to uh, accept a challenge to a Texas Steel cage match by Leslie Visser, uh, Hall of Fame uh, NFLer and, uh, of course, great broadcaster in her own right, and tried to mow this guy down with a car. We welcome John Feinstein, uh, the distinguished sports author, John Feinstein, to the program. John, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I hope you're having a great holiday season, and uh, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to talk to you guys again, and let me say three things. Number one, happy Festivus. Let's not yes. forget Festivus yes. Yes. for the rest of us. Um, number two, uh, if I am the best you can do to close out the year, it's an awfully low bar. And number three, I accept the opportunity to be locked in a steel cage with Leslie. <laughs> It's anything One way or the other, she'll kill me, down. and I'll enjoy it. And she's been wanting to kill me for almost 40 years, so why not? <laughs> the loser leaves town stipulation I thought was uh, particularly yeah, uh, you know, heavy uh, you know, for this kind of a matchup. All right. Um, you know, a very educated man, John Feinstein, as you can tell from uh, all of the uh, books that he's authored. As we always say, uh, he's written more books than Luby and I have read uh, cumulatively in our lifetime, including <laughs> Cliff Note Varieties. But... Uh, Nonetheless, I mean, uh, an educated man at Duke and, and uh, very intellectual in all of his writings as well, and yet down to earth, which is what makes John Feinstein great. But were you, uh, in your pursuit of intellectual perfection, uh, John Feinstein, at all inclined to audit the course at Ohio State when Urban Meyer was teaching character and integrity? <laughs> as, uh, I guess some kind of professor emeritus. And, and that leads to the obvious, which is my James Lipton moment, where all I say is Urban Meyer. And uh, you take it as if you had just dropped a Titleist on the tee for Tiger Woods in the front. Yeah, uh, just remarkable. Uh, his his track record. It's not like the Jacksonville thing was was brand new in terms of integrity and and honesty. Um, the only surprise to me, honestly, Jeff, was that he didn't find a way to get sick early enough to pursue one yes. of the open college jobs. Yes. You know, yes. because that, that sort of fits with his parent. Oh my God, I feel terrible. Hey, yeah. look, I'm the new coach at USC. That surprised me. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the rest of it really didn't. Uh, although the, 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 no, the notion of, of, of kicking a player, that wasn't, at least as far as I knew, uh, part of his resume. 
but things can change. I remember when Bob Knight was accused of choking Neil Reed back in 1999, 2000, excuse me. Um, and people asked me, of course, well, did you witness him doing anything like that when you were writing season on the brink? And the answer was no. You know, I, I saw him grab guys by the jersey I and things like that, but I never saw him try to choke a player. So obviously Bob evolved in the 14 years since I'd written the book, and I guess Urban Meyer has evolved. <laughs> in a, wrong in direction, a different right? way, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but there was video of Bobby Knight. It's a word that, that you can use in many ways. So. Yeah, it was hard to get Bobby off the hook there uh, for the uh, incident with the player uh, where we choked the guy because uh, there was video there. there was, it was video kind of like of Rand it. Paul denying the insurrection happened on January 6th and saying it looked like any other tourist day there at the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It sure did, especially with the dead people. <laughs> it happens every day, man. I mean, you know, once you bring in those tour buses, <laughs> you yeah, know, and you blow the whistle. You never know. <laughs> John Feinstein uh, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, this struck me, and I thought of you right away, as I'm watching various people hold up banners at, at the last game involving the Washington football team, and they have these big WFT banners, and I'm thinking, oh, good, a, a new wrestling organization is going to come on Fox yeah, right. One after the game. <laughs> it, it still strikes me odd that uh, you know the, the team status is that, and, and then beyond that, I, I don't know, do you feel any empathy for uh, what happened to them in a recent game there, because Ron Rivera seems like a, a likable character who, yeah. who might, I don't know, is he enough of a presence there to find Washington a redeemable franchise? Uh, that's a very good question, because they've had some <laughs> other good coaches, too, uh, yeah. in, in the past, including Joe Gibbs, who came back yeah. for yes. four years to work for, for Snyder. Um, I, uh, beyond, beyond my honest answer is I don't know. I didn't know uh, the answer to your initial question. Did I feel empathy? Absolutely not. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Snyder still owns the team yeah. and the people he surrounded himself with through the years have been not as bad as him, but pretty damn bad. Starting with Bruce Allen, who now they're, they're at each other's throats. Um, so do you feel, you know, I, I don't have anything against any of the players. Uh, or the coaches, uh, except for Jack Youngblood, who's a big Trumpist. Um, but I, I, no, I didn't feel empathy. I was rooting like hell for the Eagles to win, because the last thing I want to live through is is more, you know, parting and parting the ways uh, rhetoric, parting of the, the seas rhetoric. Excuse me, uh, from the local media here every time Washington wins a game, including my own newspaper. Um, so, no, I was I was glad to see. The Eagles win. I happen to have uh, a warm feeling. For, don't ask me why. I grew up in New York uh, for Philadelphia sports teams because I think the fans in Philly are vastly underrated uh, and given a hard time because of a couple of incidents. Trust me, having lived in Washington for 40 years, the fans here are nothing but a bunch of front runners. Um, and Philadelphia is the best college basketball town in the country and, and it's where the palestra is. So I, I do have warm feelings towards Philadelphia. I have no warm feelings towards Washington. A good one for the women's soccer book, team uh, on the PGA tour. And uh, I, it was interesting because now everybody's got a picture with John Daly, who uh, I didn't even know if he was still around, uh, but he wins. Well, he's, on a, he's busy right now because he's got to deliver all the presents tomorrow night. <laughs> I mean, tell me he doesn't look like Santa Claus yeah, for crying out loud. Like Santa, yes. It looked like he bumped a beard at a costume shop. You're right. Uh, somewhere uh, yeah. off uh, the strip there in Orlando. But uh, 
I know, and, and that's great because he was one of those guys in sports that that you see. And uh, I don't know, does Lawrence Taylor? I mean, uh, his stuff was a bit more of a criminal nature, and uh, yeah. you know, a little, uh, you know, more difficult to condone uh, with, with uh, some of the uh, things that happened with him uh, with uh, teenage girls and all of this stuff. But uh, you know, there are certain guys in sports though that even though they've just completely screwed up everything, uh, you find yourself rooting for him all the time. And, mm-hmm. and Daly, I think, falls into that category. John does for me. Uh, now, Tiger Woods does for a lot of people, but he doesn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I know John pretty well. Uh, I got to know him well when I was working on my second golf book, uh, The Majors. And John does not have a mean bone in his body. I think that's why people still relate to him. Uh, has he made some terrible mistakes? Of course he has. Uh, being an alcoholic isn't a mistake. It's just a fact of life. My mom was an alcoholic, so, and arguably the best person I ever knew. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of time with John, as I said, years ago. And this was after I'd been very critical of him in A Good Walk Spoiled. And yet he still was willing to talk to me and we talked things out about some of the things I criticized him for. And he didn't disagree with me, by the way. Um, John is very likable. Uh, and he's almost like a cartoon character. I mean, first of all, yeah. the way he looks now. But beyond that, you know, he's won two major championships. And yet nobody would even think of him as a Hall of Famer. And, and there are guys in the Hall of Fame who only won one, and Colin Montgomery's in the Hall of Fame, and he never won a, a major championship. I'm not saying John belongs in the Hall of Fame necessarily, but uh, I, I do think he's, he's he, people somehow can tell that he has a good heart, uh, and, and he does have a good heart. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I like it when people say good things about John Daly. And he has a style that people uh, embrace. You know, he's one of those guys well, yeah. that wasn't afraid. The old grip it and rip it was just a tremendous thing. And uh, I witnessed it uh, as I was emceeing an event that he was in uh, one time with a bunch of sponsors a couple of days before a tournament. And he was just a likable guy. He was almost like a hard-hitting yeah. Lee Trevino uh, when he was out there on the course, uh, the way he would uh, kibitz with the fans and, and interact with them. No, he did. I still remember years ago I was walking with his group uh, in Greensboro. And uh, got to a drivable par four. There was water. It was kind of dangerous. He was near the cut line. So the smart thing to do is to take an iron out and lay up and hope you make birdie and, and know you won't make worse than par. And all the fans are sing, screaming at John to take the driver. And John finally turns to them and says, you, you guys want me to take the driver? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, I'll take the driver. But if I miss the cut <laughs> and I'm not here Saturday and Sunday, it's on you. And you know Tim what? Cup he time. missed the cut. He hit it in the water and missed the cut. <laughs> Shankopotamus was the next thing they were screaming. We're talking with that John Feinstein here after hours with Defund Luby on the Blue Podcast Network. John Feinstein, author of 45 books, the latest, Raise a Fist, Take a Knee. Uh, it's funny, on Netflix now there's a Colin Kaepernick. It's not really a doc. It's actually like a, a movie that has doc feeling and Colin Kaepernick's talking over it. And it made me think of your book, John. So I definitely can't wait to talk more about it with you. But it's funny, you... you Talk about John Daly is redemptive, Tiger isn't, and I actually agree with you. Why do you think so many people out there do feel Tiger is a redemption story, even though a lot of it he brought on himself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I first of all, he's the best player in the history of golf, and people uh, always are drawn to winners and, and champions, and I, I understand that completely and plus you know he's out there with his son and his son is you know appears to play the game so much like he plays the game and you know everybody loves father-son stories I mean why was Field of Dreams so popular hey dad you want to have a catch and by the way that was the moment when I knew my wife was going to eventually divorce me because she told me 
<laughs> before the movie ended that if I cried at the end, she would divorce me. <laughs> and I, of course, cried at the end, and she did. Oh. Took a few years, but she did. Um, but but you know, father son things, mother daughter things. We all we all relate. I, men certainly relate to father son things. We all have fathers, and many of us are lucky enough to have sons. Um, so I think people see that and they go, "Oh, he's changed. He hasn't changed. He's gotten better at mentioning people's names in press conferences. He's he's worked more on his image, uh, but he's the same guy." I mean, I, I always ask the question, when was the last time he sat down with a real reporter for a one-on-one? Uh, I, I believe the answer is me in 1998. I could be wrong, exactly. but, but I believe that's the, uh, the actual answer. All of his interviews are, you know, TV, you know, lob, lobbing uh, easy, easy questions at him or sitting down with some handpicked person who he knows won't ask him anything tough. He hasn't changed, um, but, but he's still the greatest golfer of all time. I always love that uh, one. Uh, With all due respect to Jack Nicklaus. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, Tiger's being interviewed by uh, Tom Rinaldi. And uh, in the background, you see like a dark shadow figure that looks uh, very uh, much uh, a a startling facsimile to Dr. Galea, who was on the (laughs) lamb from various countries. And he was running out the backyard there as they were playing some tournament in Orlando. And uh, Tom was asking if he took any satisfaction. Uh, from shooting an 85 that day. <laughs> but, yeah. That wasn't the only thing that got shot. <laughs> I do. I, I do. You know, I will say this. Tiger can be sneaky funny when, when he wants to be. I remember when he shot 82 in Phoenix and the Super Bowl was there that year. And that was the year, uh, what's his name, the Seattle running back, didn't want to talk to the media. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, thank you. And he finally showed up and said, I'm just here to avoid the fine. So after Tiger, two days later when Tiger shot 82, he came out and said, I'm just here to avoid the fine. That was funny. (laughs) That was funny. Rare glimpse of uh, humor, right? You know, I'm thinking uh, we've probably seen, uh, I don't know if we've seen the last of the great Roger Federer and, of course, uh, Hardcourt's uh, a great, great book uh, on uh, behind the scenes in tennis at the time. John Feinstein, of course, responsible for that one as well. Uh, you know, and, and I was thinking as uh, we were speaking, uh, you know, and, and you were talking about Tiger Woods in a great uh, era of golf. Uh, will, will we ever see anything like, and, and can you expect to see anything like uh, what we had with Federer, Nadal, uh, the Joker, and uh, and Andy Murray as the top yeah, four guys in men's Murray. tennis? Yeah, um, I I never say expect to because you can't expect. I mean, sixty if you add Murray in sixty three majors from four players, yeah. three of them twenty each. Uh, you, I don't think you can expect anything like that. But could it happen? Well, sure, because none of us thought it could happen once. So you never say never. Uh, the, the the other question is, will we ever have another American champion? Yeah. I mean, for years and years when I covered tennis full time. You know, the Americans rolled off like like uh, off a factory line. I mean, you had McEnroe and Connors and Jesus Gerolitis, who was pretty darn good himself. Yeah. And then came Sampras and Agassi and Courier and Chang, um, you know, one right after the other. And then Andy Roddick came behind them. And now there's nobody. And hasn't an American hasn't won a major championship, American male, um, since 2003 when Roddick won the U.S. Open. 2003. It used to be a bad year for Americans if they didn't win at least one major, at least one major. And now uh, Roddick, not a, Roddick played in the Wimbledon final in 2009. No American's even been a finalist in a major since then. That's stunning 
and speaks to kind of the death of tennis in this country. I mean, people get fired up for Wimbledon in the open, but that's pretty much it. And the Davis Cup is dead. Nobody cares about the Davis Cup. When I when I covered uh, tennis, the Davis Cup was a must cover and a must watch. I mean, I got to go a lot of a lot of cool places because of the Davis Cup. And now they you know they they have this crazy format and it's all about the corporate sponsor and nobody gives a damn. John Feinstein, distinguished sports author and commentator with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Podcast Network, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. All right, the latest offering, raise a fist, take a knee. We've discussed it uh, as uh, you were getting the book together. It's out there now. And uh, what has the reaction been? And uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the things that people are saying about about this great piece of work that you put out, uh, which uh, I, I think, you know, in light of the times and all of the discussions that take place about race it, it is still, uh, you know, a, a very important topic uh, to address in the fashion that you did. Sadly, it is, Jeff. And that's why I wrote the book, because I think race has been the elephant in the room in our country for more years than any of us can count. Uh, and as I told you guys a few weeks ago, when we talked, when the book first came out, what really inspired me to want to do the book were the anthem protests in 2017 in the wake of Colin Kaepernick, who had been blackballed uh, when all, all these guys were kneeling. Black guys were kneeling. White guys were booing. Uh, and I was in an NFL stadium every Sunday that that fall because I was working on an NFL book. And uh, I, I was I wasn't stunned by how polarized we were, but I was very aware of how polarized we were. And that's when I felt like I should go and, and try to put together a book on this massive topic. You could write 10 books on the subject. Um, but what I found, I went and interviewed about a hundred guys, uh, most of them black, not all of them black. But what I found was that the book really wasn't about the fact that we're polarized. That was sort of a given. Uh, and, but what, what it really was about was, being black in America today, 2021, and things have improved greatly uh, since Jim Crow finally went away in 1965 and the voting rights bill was passed that year. But here we are in 2021 and states are passing uh, voting right, quote, rights bills to try to make it harder to vote if you're black. Uh, Republican legislatures don't want the uh, black turnout. And so, but beyond that in sports, We've made tremendous progress from the time when there were no black quarterbacks in the NFL. Marlon Briscoe was the first to play it for the Denver Broncos in the AFL in 1968. Uh, but for years and years, black quarterbacks were told that if they wanted to play in the NFL, they had to change positions. That's why Warren Moon played in Canada for six years. And now half a dozen of our best quarterbacks are black. Uh, the Pro Bowl teams just got released uh, yesterday and three of the six quarterbacks selected are black. Uh, so we've made tremendous progress, but we still have miles and miles to travel. And, and a lot of people, a lot of white people don't want to sit down and think about that. And I understand that none of us likes to think about that, which is unpleasant. But the fact is in a, in a league that is 75% black on the field, three of the 32 head coaches in the NFL are black. And, and the NBA is better. 75% of the players are black. 10 of the coaches are, are, are black uh, out of 30. That's better, but it's still not as good as it should be. And I'm not saying there should be an absolute quota, but some of the numbers are just ridiculous. And um, the, the, the visceral reaction some people have, Tony Dungy talks about the fact that every time he brings up uh, 
the, the coaching numbers. You know, the two of the last 20 hires in the NFL have been black. Two out of 20. People say, why are you always making race an issue? And his answer is, <laughs> I'm not making race an issue. It, it is. is an issue. And you guys know how, how bright and thoughtful Tony Dungy is. Yeah. So uh, I'm very glad I did the book, even though a lot of people didn't want me to do it, including my agent, because they knew I'd get attacked on the right. And that's fine. But I've been surprised, honestly, at how overall positive the response to the book has been, um, that people seem to understand that it is an important topic. It is a topic that needs to be addressed. And you guys know me well enough to know that when I write these books, I, they're not treatises on what I think. They're reported books. Like I said, I interviewed about 100 guys, and I think a lot of people have reacted very well to the fact that this is a reported book. Well, and John, and the last couple of things here with John Feinstein, longtime Washington Post writer, editor, contributor, author of 45 books, sports Don't podcast. ever call me an editor, Luby. You didn't like that? <laughs> Weren't you an editor? I've never been an editor never? and never want to <laughs> be an editor. <laughs> I figured. Well, contributor, not editor, never. Contributor never is that. good. Never that. Author, sports broadcaster, at Jay Feinstein Books on Twitter. What I find interesting, and it's funny, because when I brought up to people, we had you on the last couple of times, and we talked about this, and they were like, ugh. And these are people who are open-minded, say, oh, not more sports and race. And I'm like, right. first of all, why is that negative? <laughs> like, the idea isn't that we're bemoaning it. It's the point of talking about it. And that's what I always found funny about Kaepernick, how he became this lightning rod. And watching right. his, uh, it's not, it's a film, and it's actually really good on Netflix. And Kaepernick, you finally get to hear him talking, and it's about him growing up, and it's actually a film, then he interjects facts. And he, it was never about, you know, starting a riot or starting, you know, left versus right. It was just about raising the issue and talking about right. it. And I understand we, we don't want to talk about things we're uncomfortable about, but that's how they change. And that's why I appreciate your book because you're not, again, calling out and calling to arms. It's just about talking about a topic that's clearly there. There's clearly inefficacies. There's clearly inefficiencies. And what is so bad about that? Like, why is that bad to just discuss it? Yeah, discussion to me is always the best way to make progress. I agree with you, Luby. And, and, and I know there, I know there are people like, there were five publishers who turned the book down. And, and I think it was because of what you just said. Oh, God, more, more talk about race. Well, the fact is not talking about it isn't going to make it better. Exactly. Talking about it will slowly, I hope, make it better. People have asked me, what do you want to, people to get out of this book. And, and my answer is a better understanding because as, as Doug Williams wrote in the forward, as I wrote in, in, in the introduction, I can't possibly understand what it's like to be black. Neither can you guys. Uh, I've never been stopped for DWB driving while black. I've never been stopped by a cop while, while walking my dog the way Colin Jones was. WDWB walking dog while black. Um, it's impossible for us to understand we can sympathize. We can't empathize with what it's like to be black in this country. And a lot of white people just don't want to hear about it. It's not my problem. So don't bother me with it. And I, I, I understand why they might feel that way. But I, I think it's something that more of us need to think about. Yeah, and sports organizations turned a blind eye to it for so long. 
you know, I never forget uh, those uh, interviews uh, with Marge Schott where she's in front of a flag with a swastika on yeah. it and, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to present herself as some kind of charming lady while Shotzi was taking a dump <laughs> on the carpet. Uh, <laughs> and on the field, uh, don't forget. Exactly. Yeah, and, and Donald Sterling only became an issue when they started covering the advertising signs there at, at the Staples Center. So, uh, Well, you know, and, and take it a step further, you know, Don, uh, my friend Dan Snyder said, I will never – put it in all caps, change the name of this team. And yeah. then when his corporate advertiser said, we're going away if you don't get rid of the name, boom, all of a yeah. sudden he got rid of the name. <laughs> yeah. They became the WFT, a new wrestling organization. WFT, featured, as we uh, say here in Washington. <laughs> right after the postgame show here with Ernie Johnson. All right. Uh, John, always a pleasure, man. Uh, enlightening as always. We can't thank you enough for doing this every time that you do. We always uh, love talking to you here. And uh, on After Hours uh, today on the Believe Podcast Network, it was great having you on. And uh, all the best with the book. Raise a fist, thank take you. a knee. should be a fantastic piece of work, as everything you've done has been in the past. And, and thanks so much for being with us. Uh, happy holidays uh, to you and yours. And, and we'll talk to you again real soon, we hope. Yeah, I hope so, too. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays to everybody and a happy new year. And uh, certainly hope to talk to you guys early next year. Don, happy new year. Happy Always holidays. great. Thank John so Feinstein, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Need we say more, Luby? I would say not uh, on this it. edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Feinstein pretty much uh, hit it out of the park with virtually everything that he addressed here. And uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, very interesting endeavor. And he's right about that. I, I, I like the way he characterized that. He, he, he's reporting. More so than, uh, you know, uh, pontificating. And so uh, that's why uh, a lot of his writings, if you're a sports fan, and, uh, you know, I was inclined naturally to gravitate towards sports literature first. And I remember uh, reading Hard Courts was the first Feinstein book that I read. I, I didn't catch uh, up with the season on the brink till later. Uh, but, uh, wow, I mean, just fantastic. I mean, uh, if you're interested in what goes on behind the scenes, he, he really brings it to you. And in a very uh, clear and uh, unusual, intriguing fashion. So uh, you get a, a real good glimpse behind the curtains there with anything that John Feinstein is uh, all about. All right, our thanks to John for joining us here yes. on After Hours. Luby, you have a uh, great holiday weekend Merry and Christmas, uh, Christmas and uh, all of that. And uh, we thank you guys for uh, making a Believe Podcast uh, an early success here yes. on uh, the Believe Podcast Network, uh, After Hours with Defoe and Luby. If you want to catch the rest of our work, Ion Channel. Dot com or just Google The Defoe Show. We do a couple of hours every morning on the East Coast here, uh, operating out of South Florida, and always have a heck of a lot of fun. And our handicappers were on fire last week. Yes. By the way, Mike Luby Lubitz at 8 and 2, so you might yeah. want to take a look at that and uh, just Google The Defoe Show, and uh, you can go ahead and uh, take a look at what Mark Lawrence, a world championship handicapper of PlaybookSports.com, had to say after a 4 and a week yep. last week. So uh, that's easy. I actually uh, watched a thing last night on my phone. Uh, not half bad, this show. It's got some potential. <laughs> the Depot Show on Ion Channel. All right. Thanks, people, uh, for tuning you, in and, uh, and, and downloading the podcast and telling your friends about it. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll continue to uh, grind it out uh, in 2022 as uh, yes, we sir. make our way through various obstacles, <laughs> uh, including all of this COVID stuff in this yeah. morning world, uh, which is really compromising your ability to handicap games, is it not? Well, that's as Fauci thing. mentioned that. Has Fauci mentioned that even Not once? Point spreads. <laughs> Imagine that ESPN is going to go, okay, now we have to, uh, you know, use into the equation or fuse into the equation the Fauci factor. Here's Dr. Uh, Tony Fauci. Hey, Tony, what do you think? All right. There used to be some guy on the corner there that was making book when they went to a Tony, but uh, now it's Anthony Fauci, the esteemed uh, physician. Yes. Is he a physician or is the he just like a doctor? professional researcher. 
I like him, though. I, I do. And I like the I horse like Fauci that ran a couple of times. Yeah, right. ran a Keeneland one. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, on the other side of uh, Christmas. Uh, thanks Christmas so much for uh, making this a success early on. We really appreciate all of the uh, steam that we're generating here. And uh, tell your friends about it. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest on the Believe Podcast Network saying, uh, hey, sayonara for uh, after hours uh, for this week. And uh, you always have to keep in mind that you got to believe. recently realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us any time of year things can happen to your home or business and the insurance company can be your friend but they also can be your enemy horizon public adjusters justina testa are here for you to help this process go so much easier before you call the insurance company call horizon public adjusters and justina testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Verizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.